the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite, i.e. Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, and this uh, show is especially thrill-packed for me because my usual co-host, Don Dix, is out ill today, so I'm going to have to uh, carry the show myself, but don't touch that dial just yet because we have a great lineup of guests to help get me through this. And up first is uh, one of my favorites, uh, the incomparable, uh, some might say insufferable, but I wouldn't say that, uh, Katie Hopkins, <laughs> who is a journalist from the, United, from the United Kingdom, and she's not just somebody who interviews people in the studio or in the office and writes something. She she gets out on the pointy end of the spirit of the spear and sees what's going on for herself, whether it's in the Muslim no-go zones in Europe, whether it's in high crime areas in the UK, whether it's out on the farms in South Africa. Uh, she's out there reporting back. And I saw this a little bit personally when she was a speaker at our recent Unite IE conference. And I told her, hey, there's, there's some counter-protesters outside. Maybe you'll be interested in seeing them. So she charges out there. And instead of just, you know, looking, you know, looking at them across the street and they were in their brown berets and uh, she just walked straight across the street into their midst, not looking back, seeing if I was following her or anything like that, had any backup, straight into them and stands in front of their poster and says, I'm, they ask her to move and she, no, I'm quite happy here. Tries to engage them in a discussion and they're just, they're yelling at her through the mic, through the megaphone and so, just in my little thing, I had a chance to see uh, Katie Hopkins in action. So, welcome to the show, Katie Hockham- Hopkins. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you so much for your kind interview. And I, I almost forgot that happened, actually. But yes, we kind of went stomping out of that conference center we were in, which was a great day, actually. You guys had so many people in that conference center supporting um, all of the work that you do. So that- there was just a few handful of protesters outside. And to me, it was very curious. They looked like they were dressed like kind of adult scouts, like Girl Scouts or Boy Scouts, those sort of uniforms that I had as a child. And that's what I was busy telling them about when I marched over uh, to confront them myself in the hope that they might stop shouting, which actually I think they did for a little while. But um, yeah, it's great to be on the show. Yes. Yeah, so thank you for having me. You know, I went, when I later told our station manager about, uh, what, about that incident, he was aghast. Now, one of his speakers was uh, was out there at risk before, she, at least before she had spoken to the conference. <laughs> Afterwards, yeah, okay, you're on your own. But uh, beforehand, then, he's, then, then he cares. Uh, you know, there's so many things going on in the world, and if, if you yes, look at exactly, exactly, when you still have a use to us, right? Absolutely. Uh, you know, you, there's so many things going on. You can see Katie's work at HopkinsWorld.com, or on, she's prolific on Twitter at uh, letter K, letter T, Hopkins. Uh, what is what's your top issue or issues right now that you'd like to tell us about? 
So I guess my number one issue remains, um, and it's commitment for me that's enduring, is, is the South African farm situation. So your listeners will be aware, I'm sure, um, that in South Africa there is a, a mission, a movement underway to take back land from white South African farmers and give it to black South Africans. But, you know, the term is land expropriation without compensation. So there's no compensation for these farmers when their homes, their land, their investments are taken. But I think um, how that translates on the ground is that farmers are often attacked on their farms by black gangs because they feel that there is a sense of permission to seek vengeance and revenge on these white farmers and so what's happening is white farmers are being systematically cleansed from the land ahead of the expropriation without compensation and many of your listeners will have recently seen that for the first time South Africa has just fallen into recession and the agricultural sector has compressed contracted by close to 30 percent because it's impossible to maintain a business in South Africa with the knowledge that your land might be taken or you're going to be killed for wanting to farm the land. So that, that's my top issue. And I'm thrilled that Trump um, is engaging with this and has tweeted about the issue. And it's not just attack. It's not just the black gang will go into the farm and said, OK, guys, you're out of here. We're taking over. We're taking your farm. Hit the road. It I, I mean, and if you want to describe some of this, this is. I mean, cruel is an understatement by extreme for for what the torture that's inflicted on the white farmers and their families and even their children before they're murdered. I, there was a, I saw a movie on this uh, by Laura Southern, and they put this one boy into a pot of boiling water. Yeah, there's a cruelty that's beyond anything you can really get your head around it's impossible to comprehend but i think what we'll do if it's okay with you and your kind support team there we have a clip which we'll play in just a moment and if i just give a little background to the clip um, this gentleman that you're going to hear is called bernard and he lives on a farm that used to be his father's farm and before that his grandfather's farm so he works that farm with a lot of black farm workers as well who've also been on that farm for three generations and Bernard is one of the white farmers in South Africa who were attacked. Um, he was coming home from church. He pulled his car in and the black gang were waiting for him in his garage. My youngest son is the middle one. They put him there. He sat, sat in the door. He saw everything. They, he saw every time they kicked me. He saw how they tightened my wife and, and their grandma. And he, he saw everything. The problem I have with him is aggressive. He's really aggressive towards his teachers. He doesn't have friends at school anymore. Doesn't. For him, everything just went downhill, totally a mess. Can he sleep? Can he? No, he's on on um, anti like a antidepressants and then things to help him sleep. Yeah. And what? How old is he? Eight. And that, that was such a hard conversation to have with Bernard. You know, because 
It's not just a farmer. You imagine these big, strong South African farmers. It's not just them being attacked, tortured. Uh, it's their children. That's an eight-year-old boy who can no longer sleep, can't function, can't go out on the farm to help because he's too scared and wants to kill himself because he believed when he was shot at by the gangs, he should have been killed, not his grandfather. And so the stories there really are very emotional, very tragic. And I just wanted to share that with your listeners because I think it helps give a human perspective to what is a kind of land-based story, um, a political story, but there are real human stories behind this. And Donald Trump had the courage to speak out about what was go- what's going on there, but practically no one else in the world, or yourself, of course, and Tucker Carlson, there's a few, jour- there's a few journalists that do. Mm. But in terms of leaders, your own prime minister, Theresa May, was just there, and she was dancing around and said nothing about this. Mm. Barack Obama was recently there and called the uh, Marxist president of South Africa a beacon of hope and not a mention of what's going on. I think most people here, once the apartheid fell, it was early 90s, I think it was, that South Africa was going to be this racial nirvana and somehow it hasn't quite worked out that way. No, it's, it's almost as if things have flipped 180. So it used to be, you know, whites and blacks separated, divided. And it's almost as if that's turned around. There's only 8% whites left now in South Africa. The policeman that I spoke to estimates that within two years, most of that number will be gone. And white people are now not allowed to uh, be shareholder, shareholders of businesses. And businesses have to hand over 50% of their business to to a black owner. So so that the idea of uh, apartheid flipping 180 is absolutely correct and it is it beggars belief that our leaders have been to this country and have not at least talked to the issue of white well if not white genocide then certainly expropriation without compensation which is actually something Theresa May has said she supports in principle which is unbelievable so yes South Africa is very much holding on to Trump as a as as hope um, and so you know it's very grateful to America for for Trump and for giving them some symbol that someone is at least listening We're talking to Katie Hopkins, the incomparable journalist from the UK, and we're going to continue our conversation with her after this message from Ed Hoffman of Wholesale Capital Corporation, the place to go for your real estate lending needs, both residential and commercial. Back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, President of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, here on AM590 The Answer. Let me talk to you seniors for a moment. Have you been hearing people talk about reverse mortgages and wondering what those are all about? Let me make it simple for you. A reverse mortgage is exactly the same as any other mortgage with one exception. You don't have to pay monthly payments if you don't want to. You still get a monthly statement and you can send in payments if you want to. They're just not required. So your next question is, where does that leave my kids when at some point I pass away? Did I just give their inheritance to the bank? The answer is no. Your kids will inherit the same amount as they would have otherwise with the exception of anything that you want or anything that you need between now and your final day on earth. If this sounds like something that might enhance your retirement years and you want to talk to someone who can make it just that simple, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, toll free area code 855-640-2020. And listen to my show, The Main Event, Saturday mornings at 10, Saturday nights at 9, and Sunday mornings at 8 o'clock right here on AM590 The Answer. AM 590, the answer. 
This is Assemblywoman Melissa Melendez urging you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday afternoon at 4 p.m. on AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton. My co-host Don Dix is out ill today, but we are joined by the incomparable journalist Katie Hopkins, who is somebody who not just sits in the studio or an office and writes about things, but gets out on the pointy end of the spear and sees for herself what's going on. We were just talking about South Africa in the uh, previous segment. I read about what's, there's, there's a lot of reports, if you look in the media, not even, of course, mainstream media doesn't cover it here, probably not in Europe either, and even conservative media like Breitbart usually doesn't cover it. But there are just daily multiple incidents and crimes and sometimes really atrocities that occur in Europe between the Muslim immigrants that have been pouring in and the the natives of the various countries. And one that struck my that caught, really caught my attention was in Chemnitz, Germany, where at a festival, allegedly, purportedly, a group of Muslims were trying to rape some German women. Some German men intervened, and the Muslims stabbed them, one of them to death 25 times, and two others very seriously injured. There followed demonstrations. Can you imagine people being ups- of Chemnitz being upset by that incident? And the reaction of the German ruling class, the media called them a bunch of Nazis. Chancellor Merkel called them a bunch of Nazis even though there's no evidence of that. She called herself the Chancellor of Migrants, not the Chancellor of Germany, not the Chancellor of Germans, not the Chancellor of all Germans, the Chancellor of Migrants. And I'm sure you have some observations on this on this incident. Yes, I mean, it's been fascinating, actually, in, in a strange sort of way. I mean, respectfully to the gentleman that died, stabbed to death, as you rightly say, the known facts are that a German man was stabbed to death after a festival by two migrants, in particular, um, uh, Iraqi and a Syrian migrant, and two others were also hurt, two other Germans were also stabbed. Um, and as a reaction to this, as you rightly say, there were protests. Now, what was so interesting, and I think it was one of the first times that this has happened, so obviously and I really celebrate the role of the alternative media in this of social media of people actively filming things so they can show and present their own truths I think it's one of the first time there's been a an absolute conflict between what the mainstream and the politicians and the establishment are telling us, which is these protesters are Nazis, they're neo-Nazis, they're attacking migrants, they hate migrants. And what we actually saw of the peaceful protests were very regular German families, like I see my own family. There was women with their children uh, politely and respectfully holding full-scale posters of all of the German men, women and children who have been killed, stabbed, slaughtered by migrants, respectfully standing there holding these huge posters and it was hugely impactful. And suddenly there was this real moment where people realised that these people being called neo-Nazis and Hitler-esque kind of a movement were, were nothing of the sort. They were regular Germans mourning people who had died and also saying enough. Um, And there's that real sense now with the alternative for Deutschland, that's the main opposition party, the people that would be of our persuasion, sort of populists or of the right. Um, They're really 
performing super strongly in the polls. There'll be a test in October of Merkel's strength now, but she is so weakened. Um, and I think the, the media have been weakened. And one of the things the crowd were calling out were, was Lugenpresse, which means lying press. And so it was interesting because the very press that was trying to tell us these people were neo-Nazis were then kind of uh, facing this footage of, of a crowds of people that look like normal Americans, normal Brits, shouting lying press. And, and I think it really encapsulates, it's quite a moment of exactly where Western Europe is at, this kind of face-off between the press, the media, the establishment, regular nationals, and then the migrant community, many of whom have behaved so violently towards our own. And there seems to be a sense uh, that here, but also maybe more so in Europe, is not that the immigrants need to assimilate and adapt to our principles, our values, our laws, but that we have to change how we live, in particular, freedom of speech. We have to limit our freedom of speech so as not to offend the Muslim immigrants. It's a curious thing, you know, one of the, the things that's observed often with these migrant populations is that they're, they are disinterested, they have no inclination to integrate. In fact, the opposite is true. The teachings in the mosque by the imams are that they should be separate from Western culture because they don't agree with Western culture. And it's one of the great hypocrisies that this culture that's tolerant of their religious beliefs is a culture they don't want to be part of because they see it as too permissive. And so they want to be isolated. They want to maintain and perpetuate the Islamic faith. And of course, what we see time and time again, for example, in Belgium, in the jihadi capital of Europe, where I spent time recently, is mosques that are Saudi funded or given to the Saudis, the one in Belgium, given to the Saudis rent free. And then the Saudis import extremist uh, imams into these mosques and, of course, perpetuate another generation of, of Muslims that don't wish to integrate. So, yes, we are at the point of non-integration and certainly in the UK, we are further down that slippery slope than you are, uh, in so much as the Muslim population certainly seems to have control. And just yesterday, we had posters on the streets of the UK, which said that Israel is a racist endeavour. These were fly posted onto bus stops around the city of London and stayed up for a good few hours before they were taken down. Yes, the, uh, the anti-Jewish the anti attacks are prevalent throughout Europe. And there was just a story on in Breitbart this past week that you know, 40% of Jews would consider leaving Britain if your labor leader, Jeremy Corbyn, and labor is not the Democrats. Labor is the Democratic Socialists here, or even further to the left. And your conservative party might be like our Democrats, but they would consider leaving if he becomes prime minister. Certainly, uh, many of my Jewish friends are considering a move, um, not only because of the political situation where Labour have, have gone to the wire in terms of refusing for a very long time to adopt the official definition of anti-Semitism, which is, you know, approved across the globe uh, and accepted, um, but have gone so far as to create a caveat to that definition of anti-Semitism, which says you can still call, it's okay to call Israel as a nation state a racist endeavour. That's an actual caveat that's been approved. So 
If you think about that as setting the kind of tone for the country on the hard left and the left, then what you have in circumstance as well is, you know, my friends live in Golders Green. It's a, a very um, old and established Jewish community in London. Um, a mega mosque has just received planning approval in the heart of Golders Green. So not only is there a sense that the political environment is against the Jewish population, but also the Muslims are actively targeting their areas in order to have a footprint in the Jewish neighbourhoods. And that's a very troubling thing for my friends and also for them to try and explain to their children who are walking past posters that say Israel is a racist endeavour. That's a hard thing to explain to a 13 year old who loves Israel and perhaps their grandma, you know, lives in Israel. Let's take another break here and a word from Ed Hoffman of Wholesale Capital Corporation, the place you'd go for your real estate and needs both residential and com- both residential and commercial. More with Katie Hopkins after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, President of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your direct mortgage lender. If you're considering a new home purchase or the refinance of a current home, and you know everything about every financial option, your income is plain vanilla, straight salary, and you have perfect credit, then perhaps dealing with one of those online lenders you see on TV makes sense. However, if you don't consider yourself a financial expert and you want someone you can trust to listen to what you're looking for and suggest the best option for you, then call us at Wholesale Capital at 855-640-2020. Whether you're a millennial buying your first house, a baby boomer wondering how to get out of debt before retirement, or a retiree who needs a plan to help you live more comfortably, we can find products and strategies that fit your scenario. In the age of rising interest rates, increasing home values, and mortgage products that are changing daily, you might want to talk to the experts that can help navigate through some options to figure out the best plan for you. Call Wholesale Capital at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. And listen to my show, The Main Event, weekends right here on AM590, The Answer. License by the California Bureau of Real Estate Broker. License number 01147747. And NMLS 9873. California Finance Lenders. License number 603K610. AM590, The Answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio. We are joined by the incomparable Katie Hopkins. We're talking about the situation in Europe. But there might be some hope. Uh, we've seen a... Uh, populist, nationalist, put Italy first, let's save Italy, let's protect Italy, uh, come to power in Italy. We have the countries in Poland and Hungary and Austria that are looking out for their people and not accepting mass amounts of immigrants from areas that don't share our culture and are not likely to. But Sweden is is not making a lot of news here, but there's some big developments happening there. That there are. And I mean, it's fascinating to observe because um, if I can help give a little bit of context to Sweden, you know, Sweden is always held up as this kind of uber country, like a country where everything is done to the, to, with finesse. So, you know, um, paternity leave is the, is the most you could have. Uh, people's ability to have freedom in their lives is the most you can have. Everyone cycles everywhere because it's perfect. Everybody is a blonde haired, blue eyed child and their life is somehow filled with unicorns and marshmallows. So it's held up as this kind of idealistic state that will always be welcoming to everyone and open minded and, and be beautiful about everything. Now, a little while back, Trump told the truth about Sweden since mass, forced mass migration of individuals into that country, which is that it's falling apart in the suburbs that I've travelled in the no-go zones of Sweden. And they really are no-go zones. Um, They are full of recently arrived African and Afghani uh, migrants who are hostile to outsiders, who actively target 
for example, fire engines and police vehicles, because they do not wish for the state to be uh, inter any intervention from the state in their territories and they mark their territories with grenades and with knife attacks and with arson attacks on cars. So that is the truth of Sweden now and that's the truth Trump spoke to. If you remember, the global media attacked him for creating a Sweden that didn't exist, whereas he was speaking the absolute truth. And what's happened amazingly and brilliantly um, is that there is an election coming up on Sunday, the 9th of September, and it looks as if the populists called the Swedish Democrats, but, but they're really not Democrats. They are our kind of people. They are populist. They are strong conservatives, strong borders, uh, anti-immigration. Uh, it looks as if they might unthinkably win um, the numbers on the election. And, and Sweden can't even believe it. N nobody can believe this could happen in Sweden. So as you rightly say, there is hope. And this populist wave that really has taken a stronghold in Italy with Salvini has moved up through Germany with Alternative for Deutschland, through Austria. It's hit Sweden and it looks like the Swedish Democrats will take it this Sunday, which will be an absolutely huge thing um, for Sweden. And also it might be the tipping point that breaks up um, the European Union in the sense that even its most liberal of countries has gone violently to the right. Yeah, I mean, there are areas where the Postal Service, they will not deliver mail in Sweden. The uh, the police officers mm -hmm. have to go to their own station, which is behind a wall and barbed wire to protect the station. They have to travel in groups just to get to and from work. I and mean, that's how that's how bad it is in some places. And it's amazing. It's, it's gratifying to see the Swedes finally standing up for their country and Western civilization. We will continue with Katie Hopkins after the opposite side of the coming break. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office where, like Rush Limbaugh, our talent is on loan from God, albeit the microloan department. And we are pleased to be joined by the incomparable Katie Hopkins. Um, she kindly agreed to extend for a fourth segment and was not put off too much by my handling of the uh, first three segments as my co-host Don Vix is out ill today. And I just saw on your Twitter feed and put it out for our audience here that you have a job opening for a uh, cameraman <laughs> or a videographer. And uh, you, you're, you're going to go to Venezuela and see what's there. There's some important qualifications here. And I can't use all the words that you've used here, but you, the, this, the person has to be built like a you-know-what shed. And most important, has to be slightly a slower runner than you are. <laughs> yeah. So the idea behind it, so looking for a cameraman to come with me, was one thing the idea of being a slower runner is they do say don't they if you ever get in trouble you don't have to be the fastest person you just have to be the fast faster than the slowest so that the, the people will go after the slower one so that was my getaway plan is that i would sacrifice my cameraman um, but what I'm struck by and the, the kind of more serious thing about this is um, because um, Venezuela is the most uh, violent country now on the planet and it's a capital city, Caracas is the most violent city, what we're not getting 
is reporting from Venezuela, which always makes me feel like, well, I, I need to go. Um, and the images that were coming out today, if, if your listeners are interested, they can go to my Twitter feed, KT Hopkins. Um, the images of the bridge, there's a small footbridge coming out of Venezuela that links Venezuela to Colombia. It is absolutely packed. I mean, you cannot move on this huge bridge because of the numbers of Venezuelans flooding out of the country because of the economic crisis there. They're flooding out on foot just to find food and medicines because they can't get any. And I kind of think for Americans, certainly a lot of Americans have been in touch about it. You know, it's such a powerful visual demonstration of the failure of socialism that so many Americans like Bernie and others seem to subscribe to and hold Venezuela up as this kind of, you know, paradise, uh, whereas actually people can't eat and they can't get any treatment and can't get medicine. That's the truth of Venezuela. And, and that's why I would quite like to go and and show that truth to the world. Yeah, now, if you are a socialist and maybe you are looking to lose a few pounds, Venezuela may be the place for you, because I read <laughs> that the average Venezuelan has lost 20 to 30 pounds from socialism. So, you know, yeah. the socialist diet. It's, it's very sad. It, yeah, of course. And, and they say, you know, people used to, in Venezuela, you know, in the good times, people used to have pets. So, so rabbits, evidently, were a very popular pet. And sadly, now there's no rabbits because everybody had to sacrifice their pets uh, in order to be able to eat. So, um, I mean, it, it, it's not really laughable, I, I guess, in the sense that there is literally no food that can be bought. The currency has failed. There are no medicines and no hospital treatment available. So the country has fallen apart and i'm watching these people come across the bridge i suppose my my thought and my warning slightly was you know watch out north america because where do these people go next when they hit columbia absolutely um understandably but they're they're, they're going to want to come here and uh we've mm. seen what ha i mean our border is still unsecure because of various court decisions and various uh and how they're implemented is you show up at the border with a child and the liberal judges make them uh make the uh border patrol let you in so yeah i th mm. i think we i think we are going to be seeing that wave of people coming here as well yet you see this enduring Nostalgia, nostalgia, but appeal of socialism. And you see that particularly among very well-fed, very well-off, very well-privileged people in our country, in yours, and in Europe, that somehow they're, you know, clenched fist, we're in it for the socialist revolution, just, you know, keep it away from the gates of my guarded compound. Uh, that's exactly right. And this happens every time. And, and just to give an example, um, uh, this week I was interviewing a gentleman, I say gentleman in a very loose sense, who is responsible, he's campaigning to overturn the Brexit vote. So we all voted, or 17.4 million of us, that's quite a lot of Brits, voted to leave the EU. He's campaigning as part of the group that wants to overturn that decision with a second vote because people like me, people that are, you know, populists or conservatives or libertarians, however you describe yourself, are too stupid to know what we actually should have have voted for and therefore there needs to be another vote because these people know 
better. And that always seems to be the attitude is that, and, and this is a young boy campaigning, he's come from a privileged upbringing, he's never had an actual job, he's only had internships and been looked after by his mum and dad. And it's always those people who seem to be rather lecturing us on how our lives should be and the decisions we should be making. And it's those people who seem to believe in this socialist ideal, which so clearly has fallen apart in other countries like Venezuela. And there was a great meme, uh, I don't know who did it, of the socialist twit here, uh, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, who won a prim- Democratic primary for Congress and became a uh, media celebrity. So it's got a picture of her and it says, never let anyone who has done nothing tell you how to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> she she'd got a lot of attention for a, a long time there i heard her uh defining the problem the palestinian israeli crisis and it was quite something to watch because she clearly hadn't got a clue a product, a product what of, she was talking about but didn't fess up to that and just waffled on a product of a <laughs> modern college education we only have a little bit of time left here uh, quickly what's happening with brexit many of us here on our, on our side were happy with brexit we thought that was a great thing uh but it is it's not it hasn't happened yet and it's not clear whether it's going to your prime minister came up with a plan that to me looked like it was even worse than being a member of the eu you'd be a, a, a vassal state subject to the eu but with no membership or authority what's going on yes you're you're right. And, and in brief, I respect the time. Um, Brexit, you know, we voted for it. We were all thrilled. It was the best day of my life. Don't tell my husband. Um, and I, I was so delighted. But as we stand now, it is very possible that the will of the people will never happen. There's an active, huge campaign, massively funded to overturn that decision with a second vote. It's called the People's Vote. Um, and even if that second vote doesn't happen, the uh, Brexit that's being negotiated looks nothing like the Brexit we wanted, we would effectively be locked in the boot of a yellow cab without any decision making. So we'd be in the cab, but without being a proper passenger. Um, And sadly, it's nothing like the Brexit any of us hoped for. Um, Actually, most of us real Brexiteers are hoping for a no deal Brexit where we simply walk away because that's the sort of Brexit we wanted. But yeah, truly been let down, truly a sense that democracy uh, has been kind of made a joke of in the UK, which does make you wonder about our societal contract Mm. overall but yeah brexit looking shaky here in the uk right now as uh steve bannon said if you think they're going to give your country back to you without a fight you are sadly mistaken and with that um we are unfortunately out of time here we're gonna have to call a call a call call it a day here on this interview but it's just been wonderful we love having you on the show we love having you at our conference and it's it's always a pleasure to talk to you and we appreciate your work um bringing the truth that you wouldn't otherwise find from other so-called journalists Thanks again. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you to your listeners. All right. After this word from our sponsor, we're going to have Agnes Gibney, Angel Mom, talking about immigration. After this word from All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of wreck and roll. Back after this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. 
Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. Car Star, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. This is Senator Mike Morrell asking you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday at 4 o'clock on AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. And we just had a conversation with someone who exemplifies that, Katie Hopkins, a journalist from the United Kingdom. And we are going to talk to another person who exemplifies that statement by Justice Louis Brandeis, Agnes Gibney. And uh, Agnes is a angel mom. Her son was murdered by a previously deported illegal immigrant. And for many years, she did not had no outlet for that tragedy, that outrage, her grief. But she's found her voice. She's found an outlet to try to make sure that this doesn't happen to any other families. So she is out uh, and become very prominent getting on. She's been on the stage with Donald Trump. She's been on Fox News. And right now you are at a conference put on by the Federation for American Immigration Reform Fair in Washington, D.C. called Hold Their Feet to the Fire. Sounds good. I wish I, you know, wish I wish I could be there. And uh, you've been doing interview after interview after interview with various local stations, and we are so pleased that you had time to uh, to talk to us. Uh, welcome to the show, Agnes. Hi, Greg. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Indeed, it has been a very busy day. Uh, met some wonderful people here, uh, Diamond and Silk, and. Um, had tremendous uh, success in the interviews and um, getting the word out, educating the public, and doing what I do. And not to, you know, I'm sure your your husband Mark is is not listening, but you have a new heartthrob, I understand, somebody you met back there. Oh yes, <laughs> I met. We went to the Trump Tower last night, Trump Hotel, and. Uh, uh, Jason Chaffetz uh, was there, and oh my God, I, I, my heart just melted. Okay, we we will not tell Mark, and uh, you know, uh, nope. and I don't, I don't know if Jason is married or not, so maybe maybe he's not on the market. So Mark is safe. You know, I'm lo- I'm loyal to my husband, but I'm not I'm not blind. <laughs> I can still still appreciate beauty. <laughs> okay, turning a little more seriously, what what is um. Tell us about the conference and what you're trying to accomplish and what you are accomplishing. Well, uh, this conference uh, put on by FAIR, like you said, uh, Hold Your Feet to the Fire, are many, many different people from Border Patrol, Border Security, uh, experts in immigration, uh, angel families like myself who have lost a loved one at the hand of an illegal alien, um, illegal alien crime. Um, you know, it, it's a whole large group variety of people doing interviews one after after the other and as i understand they have 65 radio stations uh that come to the location to the hotel and we just go from one interview to the next and uh yesterday and today my morning started today even earlier at 6:05 a.m. meaning 3:05 california time but, you know, it's a sacrifice to put the word out there and educate the public 
about and holding your uh, con- congressmen, senators, uh, uh, your elected officials, um, hold your feet to the fire. You, they need to answer to us, American citizens, not to illegal aliens and criminals. You know, this immigration is probably the issue that shows this best of how our rulers, our ruling class, the people that are supposed that they have people that have done so well by this country, they've achieved prominence, they've achieved wealth, they've achieved power, authority, are not looking out for the people of the country. It's almost as if they have a disdain for our country, for our people, and want to influx of millions upon millions of legal and illegal immigrants for their own selfish purposes of the Democrats want more Democrat voters. They can't get enough Americans to vote for them, so we need to import them, people who will vote for the Democrats. Uh And Republican interests, many of them, they want cheap labor. And they don't care, and none of them care one iota about the effect on families like yours. Your son was murdered by a previously deported illegal immigrant, and he'd be alive today like so many others, if those politicians, if the ruling class just enforced America's immigration laws, workers with lower wages, lost jobs, uh, in terms of the education costs, welfare costs, prison costs, an enormous burden is put on the taxpayers, and these people do not care one iota beyond their narrow selfish interests. No, they don't, and, and it's really a shame and, that they have gotten away with this for a very, very long time. I, I, I believe that immigration uh, laws have not been enforced in many years. This has been, uh, this is a way for them to, like you said, get uh, free labor or cheap labor and, and get votes. I mean, the insanity is unbelievable that somebody would think that you come here illegally and I don't call them illegal immigrants or uh, undocumented immigrants. They are not immigrants. Immigrant is somebody that went through the process, like my family. They were fully vetted through the background investigation, medical, and character, and the, the whole thing. They, they, they followed every step of the way to come in here legally. This is a slap in my face and slap in the face of thousands of legal immigrants in this country. You know, I feel then discriminated because why did my parents have to go through the uh, through paying so much money for all the medical uh, exams, all the background investigation, and everything? And these people that we don't even know who they are, they they just want to come in and invade our country. Absolutely not. And I think the American people are beginning to wake up and and start uh, noticing which is a tremendous uh, transition from what it used to be even three years ago. Well, and immigration policy, immigration enforcement, looking out for American workers, these are actually popular policies. So it's, so it's amazing that the, the, the both parties want to do what is unpopular and think they can, and at least thus far, they've been able to uh, get away with that, although... Donald Trump was elected in large measure because he was the candidate that was going to look out for American workers on immigration and on trade, but that lesson seems to have been lost on a lot of Republicans. Right. Yeah, you know, it gets a point in time that uh, we get a cleanup. Like Donald Trump said, we need to clean the swamp. We need to clean it and remove it 
all the way around, even in local offices, the, the, the corruption is, is incredible. We need to take this seriously because if we don't, they're going to take over. We cannot allow that. And, and they say, oh, you're racist for doing that. No, I'm not racist. I'm the least racist person. My son is half Latino. And so don't tell me I'm racist. I have Hispanics in my family. It has nothing to do with race, with color, with, uh, with nationality, with where you come from. It's following the law. We need to start e-verify immediately. And if there's uh, holes in the system, we need to fix that. And we need to punish those that are hiring illegal aliens, taking jobs from American citizens. We need to stop this. We need to take the whip out and, and start putting our foot down and saying, no more, we had enough. It's like a kid throwing, throw, throwing a tantrum. They have gotten so bold and disrespectful that they look at a law enforcement officer and say, I'm here, I'm in undocumented and unafraid, in, and you can't do anything about it. That's how bold and disrespectful uh, things have gotten. This has to stop. Well, that's a whole other side of this, and that's the rule of law. It's uh, oh, it's, oh, it's amazing. I maybe I can't think of another example where the discussion of immigration laws is about how not to enforce them and how to break them. And exactly, I can't think of any other example of which there are. Okay, let's you know how can we break the laws and con- encouraging people to break the laws. And I just you don't see. I just can't think of any other example where you see that other than on immigration laws. Exactly. And when you think about it, how idiotic is that, that all they're doing is how they can break the law. I I went to Kamala Harris today. I went to uh, uh, Tom uh, is it Tom Cotton's office, uh, Senator Cotton's office from uh, uh, Arkansas and really nice man and encouraged him to continue working on immigration uh, laws and enforcement. I went with the family, uh, Kathy Hall, who has been victimized horribly by the system, by her own state. And uh, afterwards, I said, you know, since I'm here, let's go to uh, uh, Kamala Harris's office. As, as I approached this beautiful entry entrance, uh, the flags of the United States and, I mean, California flag, I mean, just beautiful and this huge sign that says, Dreamers, welcome here. What a slap in our face. I went in, talked to the secretary, and I said, I would like to speak to Kamala Harris. Is she, uh, Senator Harris, is she here? Oh, no, she's not here. I said, okay, can I speak to someone? No, we don't have anybody uh, for you to talk to right now. And I said, okay, can I please leave a message for her? I took out my card and I said, I'm, my name is Agnes Gibney, angel mom. Uh, my only son was murdered by a previously deported illegal alien. You should have seen her body language. She turned her chair sideways. The wall went up. It's like she didn't want to hear what I had to say. Almost, almost with the body language is saying, just get out of my office. I don't care about your problems. Right. It, it was really disgusting. And I told her, I said, you know, and that sign up there, you ought to take it down because that's offensive to American citizens. Let's pause here for a break uh, from our sponsor of this half hour of Unite IE Radio, All-Star Collision, the place to go when you have an auto accident because they are truly the kings of rock and roll. Back after this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. 
All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. We have somebody on the line with us, Agnes Gibney, who exemplifies that statement. We also are proud to claim her as one of our cabinet members in the Redlands Tea Party Patriot. She's at a big conference put on with the Federation of American Immigration Reform to help hold our politicians' feet to the fire on immigration issues. Samuel Gompers the founder of the American Federation of Labor, the AFL and AFL-CIO, said that those who favor unrestricted immigration care nothing for the people. They are simply desirous of flooding the country with unskilled as well as skilled labor of other lands for the purpose of breaking down American standards. And that was a century ago. And that's still true, and that's what the ruling class is doing today. Exactly. There was a study by the American Academy of Science back in 2016 that found that the combined effect of legal and illegal immigration is to reduce the wages of American workers by $500 billion a year. And of course, no one, no one talks about that. It'd be good if people on our side talked more about that. And so people understand that yeah this is not the immigration of times past when we needed lots of unskilled labor there was a there was an empty continent people the people were settling that when there wasn't a welfare state so it's it's a very different situation now and no more that we would want the same tax and regulation and spending policies of a century ago why would we want the same immigration policies of open borders and, and mass immigration of a century ago, except, of course, as we talked about before, to get more votes for the Democrat Party and cheap labor for business interests. No, I, I agree. Uh, I, I completely agree with uh, everything you, you stated. Uh, this is uh, a new movement that I think uh, I'm very thankful that we have so many patriots fighting against the, this over, open border insanity um, you know, like you said, unrestricted immigration is a disaster. Look what where has gotten us. It's costing taxpayers millions and millions, billions of billions. dollars a year. Billions with a B, uh, billions of dollars a year. Um, but we don't get a choice to, uh, on our income taxes. Say no, I don't want to pay extra taxes. Uh, to support a family of illegal aliens or to pay for their welfare for their American-born child. This all needs to stop because if we cut the incentives for these people to come here, they will leave. They will leave. Maybe a handful will stay and they will eventually uh, try to apply to legally stay here. But immigration is not a right. To stay here in our country is not a right. This is a gift. You ought to apply. If you want to stay here, and most people, you know, the other thing that really gets me. Uh, Agnes, Agnes, we are unfortunately out of time for today, but I want to thank you so much both for being on our show, as well as for oh, everything you. you're doing for the cause and trying to make sure that 
immigration works, immigration laws serve the interests of the American people and to avoid having more families suffer as you suffered the permanent separation from your child. Yes. Tune in next week for another great edition of Unite, i.e. Radio. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.